Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 399 with my new pal, podcaster, comedian, writer, charming, recent Los Angelina, uh, Hallie Kiefer. Um, We had a great conversation. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. And I also just want to acknowledge that this is the 399th episode. Now, if you look at the episode numbers like on Apple iTunes, which by the way, I never say this. <laughs> anyone who knows, anyone who knows my podcast well knows I fully never say please review on iTunes. Sometimes I go through these little pockets where I ask people to, uh, but I'm awful at it. You know what? I'm going for it. Please, 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 if you haven't already, give this uh, podcast a positive review. Because I never push for it, I don't have as many as you would imagine after doing a podcast for almost nine years. Um, so if you have a moment in your day, please do so. I will appreciate you and love you always. Uh, at any rate, so because I've re-released certain episodes and uh, stuff like that, this this upcoming 400th episode is really sort of the f- the 400th original episode, if that makes sense. So um, I'm excited about that, and I want to acknowledge it and uh, and celebrate it. Um, so more on that when the episode drops. And in the meantime, I really hope everyone is staying safe, doing well, and this is uh, Thanksgiving drop i it's coming out this thursday or i guess midnight at wednesday on wednesday so please take care of yourselves have a wonderful day if you are celebrating in some way if you're not boy i sure get it um most important thing is i appreciate you and i hope you are kind to yourself and i will talk to you soon Are you in LA or are you in New York? I'm I, looking at your area. Oh yes, I'm in LA, Koreatown. Um, oh. I actually moved in. So um, I met my boyfriend. Uh, he was working actually in, a, he was in Connecticut, and I was uh, living in Queens. Um, last uh, boy, not this year, but last year. And so we were doing long distance, and then I just made the decision to move to LA for him. And uh-huh. then I, we, and then we moved in together March first of this year, and so you know it's just uh, the whole experience has been in quarantine, so oh, God. it's been a wild ride, and, no and pretty much kidding. all my LA experience, yeah. Have you talked about that a lot it, it, out in the open? Uh, like, like have you been talking about it on your podcast or? Um... Um, I mean, just like the, 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 just my gratefulness that it seems to have be working out. You know what I mean? Because there was yeah. definitely like. That moment of like, boy, all right, well, this is really a trial by fire. Yeah. Uh, if things don't pan out, I, we're just going to be, I, I can't move anywhere right now. You know, right. like, we <laughs> right. just have to, whatever our problems are, we're going to have to work through them. Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, you know, because I'm sure you've established this, but basically the fact that you've lived together since March, now you've been together like five human years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like dog years. This is yeah. Portuguese dog years for yeah. relationships. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a that's and and I I sort of had something similar in terms of like the the person that I've now been with for approaching six years. You mm-hmm. know, it it definitely was a situation where when we got together life was a bit chaotic and Mm -hmm. then just a series of shitty things happened uh in like in life um you know just like family stuff and various things that had nothing to do with a relationship that were out of everyone's control and it was a little bit of a trial by fire and 
I got to tell you, there is definitely something to be said for having that stuff happen and sort of now knowing like you just you're just like yeah no no I'm not like nothing but like when this happened I couldn't have been less worried about our relationship I mean I was worried about lots of other things but when COVID (laughs) happened and I knew we were gonna lock down together I was like oh we are we got this this is not gonna be this is tiny compared to stuff we've weathered you know yeah that's a really great point yeah. yeah, I feel like it's funny because, like, it, it does make me much more grateful. Not that I wasn't grateful, but I think, you know what I mean, I, I, I'm a very, like, um, anxious sort of, um, you know, nitpicky person about my own life. So I feel like uh, quarantine sort of erases that, like, tendency I have to be like, oh, well, like, are we going to fight or whatever? I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever, whatever's wrong, we'll just talk about it and we'll, we'll it'll be over with, you know? Yeah, like, there's absolutely. There's no point in drawing anything out. Because it's just going to be us in these four walls, you know, yeah. for uh, the foreseeable future. That's right. And also, it's funny because so I was so I was in New York, and I mean, there's a lot of hypotheticals. But yes, hypothetically, if we, my boyfriend's name is Dave, if we were not together, I would still be living in New York. And during the early months of the quarantine, literally every time I talked to my parents, they're like, "Thank God for Dave for oh, getting yeah. you out of there." Obviously, now everywhere is like this because of our horrible mismanagement at a governmental level, but. Yeah. It's just so funny. They're like, they just love Dave so much already, you know, because he's great. But then they were also like, if you hadn't met Dave, my God, you know, like, where would you be? And they're right. I would just be alone with two Craigslist roommates in Queens, losing my mind, I'm sure. The way that you're describing it does sound slightly 1950s, though. And I know that's not what you mean. But the idea of of them being like, that that nice man came and rescued you. You you were a wretch. Yeah. Uh, We thought you were a wash. I mean, after some point, we're like, well, she tried. She couldn't get it done. That's right. That's right. Now, have you had friends that you left behind that did end up getting sick or has everybody kind of been lucky? Um, I think I only know, I know like two couples who have had it, um, who had it early and they, they were fine. I don't know anyone, at least, I mean, God knows how long it's still going to go on, but right. yeah, I, I fortunately know people who had it and it was sort of that weeks long lingering, terrible flu experience, but you know, didn't have to be hospitalized, that kind of thing. Um, what about you? Do you have people close to you? I haven't had anybody, um, the first kind of big boom of it, I didn't have anybody, um, close to me. I had a couple of people I found out that, you know, were fans that became friends and stuff like that, that I found out after the fact that they had been sick. And I just Mm -hmm. got an email, uh, this morning from a listener who, you know, I've been doing my podcast almost nine years and he was one of the very first people to like write me and say, I'm so glad you're doing a podcast. So I feel like he's been in my life for, I mean, he has been in my life in some way or other for, for a really long time. And he and his wife, um, were diagnosed with it last week and, you know, they have fairly, fairly tolerable cases. And, but Mm -hmm. you know, he, he just, he, I, I mean, I was just reading this email before you and I started talking and he was saying that, you know, making dinner, like last night felt like they were trying to run a marathon you know so there was like they're on the mend but uh and he was like I think I kind of smelled the coffee this morning which was very exciting oh that's good so yeah yeah, but um man oh man here we here we keep going here we keep going yeah I don't know about you I've only been I only went to go get tested once um my boyfriend woke up and he had sort of like symptoms 
So we thought, you know, why not just go get tested? And I, it, we didn't have it. And I think um, looking back, it's just funny, you know, living in LA, it's like, oh, it was right during all the terrible forest fires. So I think a yeah. oh, hundred percent from the horrible air quality. hundred percent. You know, and I love Los Angeles. I've been really enjoying my time in California. But let me tell you, when you there's a certain day I woke up and the sunlight was orange because of the smoke. It's I'm like, so apocalyptic. Oh boy. And and we, I feel, again, very fortunate. It was like that. That was, you know, I had symptoms. I have asthma, so I was kind of worried. But it was not terrible. Probably in part because we were inside and yeah. I wore a mask outside. But, you know, yeah. it was just sort of like, boy, on top of everything else, he's like, is this, are these allergies? Is this a regular yeah. flu season? Or, you know, is it COVID? Yeah. Anything respiratory is mm-hmm. like, there are so many people that have some version of something that, that, you really don't want the symptom to be respiratory because like if you're a person right. who has asthma, oh, if you're a person who has anxiety or panic attacks, if you're yeah. a person with allergies, if you're a person mm-hmm. like there, there's so many things you can that you can have that you can easily interpret as this. Um, yeah. You know, if you're if you're so inclined and definitely during the fires, there was like every day was like, is this but yes, I am having trouble breathing and my chest feels very tight and I can't stop coughing. But luckily, it's a it's another poisonous reason. Like, oh, exactly. boy. Yeah. Oh, boys and berry. Um, well, I'm <laughs> glad that 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 you're that you moving here in March has not like tainted your feel. I mean, the fact that you're still, you know, having a positive experience of a kind um, in L.A. makes me really happy to hear. And I say that as a person who is, you know, totally snobby about hating Los Angeles when I lived in San Francisco. And so and so many of my East Coast friends, you know, they kind of take a while to admit that it's that there's some kind of great stuff here. So it's always nice hearing, you know, from an early adopter. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think like the first two months I was here, I definitely was like, oh, boy. But I think a lot of that was just realizing, at least for me, like the sheer size of LA. And, you know, I feel like living in New York for as long as I did, it's like, I had like an idea of like where everything was. Yeah, you know, like, absolutely. Not, not same I, for, same for me. Yeah. Yeah. Not like, I wasn't like going to the Bronx every day, but if I wanted to, I knew how to go there. I knew where it was. And LA is sort of like, oh, they're just certain neighborhoods where I've never heard of them. I don't know where anything is geographically. I kept like looking at a map. So I feel like those first two months were mostly being like, I just have to reorient like my brain. Sure. But after that, it, I, I'm like, hey, it's a city, you know, and then yeah. we're inside. So I had to get used to it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say, and two, uh, you're 100% right. And and by the way, you know, I've been here for like 14 years now, oh, okay. and which is crazy. Um, but one of the things that like I think that the vastness of it um, on a bad day is disturbing, but on a good day, um, there is truly a sense of like you know like Brandon and I went to Santa Monica to Palisades Park um which was kind of we just we don't drive very much anyway which is kind of amazing for LA um even just in our lives because he's you know he's an editor and a journalist and so a lot of the stuff he does he he would do from home anyway and then for me you know if I'm not shooting something like I'm everything I do is pretty much something I can do from home or nearby anyway and so when we locked down it never occurred to like some people and and you can tell me if if you and Dave did this but some people were really I don't want to say good or bad but they would be like oh yeah we drove out to Tahunga just for a change or like we drove up Angeles Crest just for something different like they're they think to spend an hour 
just locally to go somewhere different. And we just weren't driving at all. We just simply weren't driving. And so everything we did was like in walking distance, um, which we were walkers. So for us, that could still mean we walked, you know, like five miles to go to a Mm -hmm. park that blah, blah, blah. But we had not been out to Santa Monica and I cannot even tell you how long. And because LA is so vast and because there are so many different little communities, um, it really felt like we were on vacation. You know, it was a feeling like, Oh, I haven't, when was the last time I looked at the ocean? Like, what but yeah that's true you know I can see it I could see it in the in the distance from where I live but (laughs) that's a very long way away so you know as as kind of overwhelming as it can be like rest assured there's also like a million different new strange and fun adventures that you can have for many 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 years to come because there's there's just stuff happening that's neat everywhere and it's it's very diverse and different the, the, the the kind of neatness that you can that you can find you know yeah, I definitely um, feel like, uh, and I don't know what, it, this is part of my boyfriend's personality, but it also, I think he's like wanting to, me to like LA. So we definitely, he'll be like, oh, let's go here. Like, let's go food, get food here or whatever. So I feel like he's been very good about being like, well, let's try something different. And also I, again, we live in Koreatown. I'm, you know, having lived in New York, I would prefer to walk everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, and things are open, you know, but it's not like you could like hang out, you know, like, and I feel right, like- right. W- one thing we were looking at to look at this, to move to this area is that it's walkable, you know, we can walk anywhere. There's like a target here, yeah. um, which I go to constantly, but it's sort of like, oh, right. The thing, the walkability of this becomes less important when there's simply nowhere to go. So <laughs> I feel like we've been, you know, really trying to like, you know, branch out. And I mean, it's mostly food related. I'll have to be honest, like, oh, we saw this thing on Instagram. We should drive there and, and get food and... Um, but I will say we went to the beach. Um, my boyfriend has um, a son who's three, and we took him to the to Santa Monica to the beach. And oh, I fun. hadn't been to the beach here, and it was so fun. And like there was like we went very early, so everyone there was someone with a toddler, and so nice. it was it was gorgeous. It was like very socially distanced, and but everyone masks on. It was wonderful. But the same thing, like I'm not someone who was like, oh yeah, we could just go to the beach. Like it doesn't occur to me. Right. So right. when we, so when we did it, I was like, what a world, what a city. I know, you know, I know. like just so impressed. No, really I funny. think that's, his, that's great. His son was like obviously very intimidated by the ocean because like he just hasn't seen it, you know. And he kept saying, oh, I love the ocean, and like in this terrifying mm. way. And, like, and we're like, oh, do you want to go close to it? And he's like, Mm-mm, no, I'm good. Oh, that. He's so like, cute. I want to sit here and look at it and be like, I, I like this. This is good. Uh-huh. You know? So it's very sweet. <laughs> Now, did he, did Dave move the same time as you or had he already moved and kind of found the place and then you came out or did you guys go through that adventure together as well? Um, yeah. So when he, he was living with roommates when I, when I moved out here. So we ended up, um, we were just talking like, I, I could have stayed with his roommates, but again, this is right before the pandemic. Right. And then a friend of, a friend of a friend was going to New York to work on a Netflix show. So she was subletting her apartment so we ended up moving in there with the idea of like, oh, she was going to come back in the uh, September of this year. Right. And so we were going to just sublet. Of course, this all happened. You know, her Netflix show got pushed back permanently. I still don't know if, if they were able to, if they're going to be able to shoot it or, or how that's going to work out. Yeah. Um. So then she's coming back. So then in, um, we ended up getting the place we're in now in August. So yes, we did have to go through the apartment search process during quarantine. 
And which is horrible always, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was just yeah. like definitely a weird, like psychological, like, okay, not only are we looking for the apartment, but an apartment that hypothetically we're going to be inside of for a year, you know? Right, like, right, you right. You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, and again, we found a place in Koreatown. Honestly, we picked this place, which we've enjoyed it, because it came with a free parking space. And we're like, that's very well, enjoyable. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, we're not going to be driving as much, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I I really feel very fortunate that it, you know, so far so good. Can't complain, you know, could, yeah. be, could be worse is what I tell myself every it, day. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. Now, are you from Queens or from the for, from the New York area? Or are you from elsewhere? Um, so I'm from outside Cleveland, so Northeast mm-hmm. Ohio. I gotta be honest with you. I thought I detected perhaps an Ohio accent because yes. I feel like I have a large number of friends from Ohio somehow. Um, but I was not going to. Uh, you hit assume. the nail on the head. Well, it's funny because like I have not lived there since I was 18, and yet, and it really <laughs> comes out when I um, drink. Normally, I feel oh, like bet. I. I I don't sound quite as Midwestern, but then if I have a glass of wine, forget about it. But um, yeah, so I grew up there, and my parents are still in Cleveland, and then my youngest brother, he and his fiance are in Columbus. And um, I love Ohio. I can't imagine ever moving back there, but I enjoyed being raised there, and I have yeah. a lot of love for the state. Are you from California? or No, I'm from Arizona, and I feel oh, okay. the same oh, way. Yes. Like, I'm fear, and, and you know. I'm fiercely proud of kind of, you know, how they showed up for this last election. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, my parents still live there and, and I love it. And I, like you, I can't imagine living there again. But um, but I do I do. I feel very tender feelings about it for sure. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, Ohio is all over the place. I don't Oh, in terms of voting. I mean, they voted for Obama, but here we are. Right. Um, but uh, I, I was just remembering that I was listening to your uh, episode with Naomi Paragon, who I know from New York, nice. and you talking talking fondly talking about Tucson, the origin of the title, the name Tucson. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Embarrassing that I realized I there are so many things that I don't. It's also like having a conversation about. I mean, maybe this is it like this in Ohio too, where there are things that other people from out of town would go to that that are attractions that you realize you've just never like I've spent precious little time at the Grand Canyon considering Mm -hmm, that that I lived like 30 minutes south of there when I was in college for two and a half years um you know but like those are the other things like that in Ohio where you're like oh man I can't I feel kind of embarrassed that I Um, I can't be the, the the person who knows about this like one national natural wonder kind of thing no, I feel like 
because Ohio, it's very, I, I, I maybe Arizona's the same way, but it's like, it's very much like, here are all of our things and we're all going to do them. You know, like, here are 10 things that everyone does. I will say, uh, having been to the Rock Roll Hall of Fame, I never need to go back. I have, I completely <laughs> understand it. And then it's something like, if someone was a tourist, I would say, yeah, check it out. But right. I certainly have no information about it. I don't know what's there. And I never will. And, right. um, and, I, and I never I will. Never will. Um, what a commitment. I, I love it. Um, last time I, uh, I guess it was last June, my aunt and cousin and his his kids came to visit. And I was in town. And uh, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we walked inside and we're like, eh, we don't really want to go here. And we just went to the gift shop. And I'm like, yeah. that's the kind of experience I like to have. Just oh go to a God. gift shop and go home. I feel I've totally done that too, which I hadn't really thought about until you just said that. But now I think about it, I'm like, I feel like that's definitely stuff I've done. It, particularly when I was younger. And I, I think there was some sort of phase where I wanted to be more into museums than I was. Mm-hmm. And so it's this like weird in between. Like now I, I feel like, yeah, you know, I'll either not go to a museum because I know I'm not interested or I will go because the enthusiasm is, is real. But there's some period like maybe in my late teens, early 20s, where there's a little more of the kind of trying on things and feeling like it, I should want to go to this museum, but also being like persnickety and like an only child enough which I've only recently like decided that is not my fault and is okay uh to not have had to compromise certain things I mean it's not like I was spoiled in any kind of financial sense but like the reality is if it's just you and your dad the chances that you're going to not do the thing that you're interested in are smaller (laughs) than if you have like four siblings like so you know I would it's like sort of you you get to the place and you're like huh God, I just don't, I'm, I'm like projecting out into the next hour yes. and a half and I just don't, but then I'm like, but I'm happy to go into the gift shop and, I, and you sort of mm-hmm. feel like you've gotten the snapshot via like what stuffed animals are for sale or like what are the books they carry here? Like exactly. I kind of feel yeah. like I went to the museum. Right. I get the idea. Yeah. My, um, uh, unfortunately Dave will miss this this year. Um, is that he was going to come to Thanksgiving every day after the day after Thanksgiving and my family in Cleveland, we do culture day, which is we have to do something cultural. So usually we'll go to a museum and one time though we went to, and I don't want to, this is a great place for people who are into this, but we went to like a independent, like paper making mill, where it's like a bunch of hippies making paper. And so like, yeah. which is cool. That's extremely yeah. cool. And like, I, but then like the actual paper making process is like, here's a bucket of glue that we put in this thing <laughs> right. and we press it. And so, and also it was freezing cold. I think because they have to keep it cold. To make uh-huh. paper. And it was sort of like, well, you know, I guess on paper, this was fun. But in reality, it's like, oh, this is a factory where hippies make paper, which is great. And, and I thought it was very cool. And I'm glad we saw it. But then we got to the gift shop. We got to actually see the paper and buy it. I was like, well, this part I like. Yeah. Other part indeed. where it's just uh, like pulp or mush uh-huh. in a bucket. <laughs> well, that's not for me. But the end product was very cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a real like you almost feel like, wait, maybe I should maybe you should start with a gift shop so that you have an appreciation <laughs> yeah, for the exactly. finished product so that the gloop has more meaning. Um, right. Once you, you know, you have a reference point. Um, that's really funny. Uh, what was your what was your uh, high school like when you were in Cleveland? I'm uh, sorry, when you were, I guess I won't say Cleveland proper necessarily, because I know there's lots of pockets and pieces. Um, um yeah, so I was in, well, I was in Geauga County, which is, like, further northeast. So it was more rural where I was. Um, like, we were past the suburbs. It was a public school. I don't know. I feel like I did have, like, that very typical American, like, everyone went to the football game, you know, like. Yeah. Um, I I was not a, I was not a cheerleader. I was not on the dance corps. I was a, I was in the flag corps, which I didn't realize, but I, because apparently there's like a family guy segment about it. It is rightfully known as the, uh, the domain of freaks and losers, which it was in my school, but it was like losers who like still had a lot of school spirit. So right, we right. had to do some important but, distinction. Like, yeah. And so I was on that. Um, and I feel like everything I did in high school was just entirely because I just wanted to hang out with my friends. Yeah. And fortunately, my friends were like all very lovely people with a lot of diverse interests. So I did, I, I did like the musical, I did drama club, I did um, academic decathlon entirely because I just wanted to hang out with people. And that's true of my life now, I think is true. Like, honestly, but I wasn't someone who's like, oh, I really want to do, go do this. I'm like, oh, I don't have anything else to do. I'll just do whatever my friends are doing. Right. Um, <laughs> I get yeah. that. So here's something that I have to admit, which is that Mm -hmm. I I was a was a smart kid and I but I was very unmotivated by most things um, that were school related. And I realized that while I have grown up, I've spent my entire life knowing that an academic decathlon exists. I realize in this moment, I have absolutely no idea what that means. Like, are you doing 10 different subjects of things? Like, what is what? What do you exactly? So Janet, this all ties in perfectly. This is all like, this is all kind of full circle because yeah. So basically um, every year, at least is my experience of it, every year there's like um, a theme to everything. So like the year I did it, the mute, like, so there's be a music uh, category and it was uh, all Americana and country music. So it was sort of like you had to study and listen and know things or whatever. And then, uh, you know, sort of debate would be another category. And so everyone had to prepare like a persuasive argument. And I, I think those are the only two guys I remember doing because I'm not good at anything else. So, <laughs> um, so it was like me and a couple of my good friends, my friend Jess did it. Hi Jess. I'll make him listen to this. And so, um, and Mrs. Hauser was our, um, our advisor. Um, um, wait, let me let me clarify one thing before before we continue, because clearly this has become like my life's work is finding out about this academic decathlon. What, what would you like? Is it a semester or is it like an after school thing? It's an after school thing. OK, so gotcha, it is gotcha. entirely it is a here. I looked I Googled it. Um, a 10 event scholastic competition for teams of high school students. So we luckily because we were in the small school category. We were not as good as the larger schools, but they simply, the larger schools had more people to draw from and smarter probably. So the year I did it was my senior year and we got to go to nationals, which was in Phoenix, Arizona. Hello. So, which was great because I had never been, I had never been to the American Southwest. We saw, we went to the uh, Dale Chihuly exhibit. 
Oh, sure. We saw the, uh, the Phoenix Gay Pride Parade happened to be the time we were there. I had the time of my life. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, it was really great. And then I remember going into it. So it's like days of competitions, like different competitions. And then I remember going in and I, I was doing like the persuasive speech, like the debate. And I go in and I just blew it. And I just forgot everything I was saying. And so then I'm like in a room with like in front of judges, just forgetting everything and humiliating myself. But then it was over and that was fine. And then we just got to like hang out with, you know, the other kids who went with us. Oh, and then we went to go see the um, the Grand Canyon. So honestly, God, that really did to- come full circle. Yeah, so I couldn't tell you anything about what the who how anyone did if anyone won anything, uh-huh. but but I had a great time and I saw the the wonders of Arizona, and you got to be with your buddies, which as a people person, uh, sounds like it was a really good a way of of like having having a thing to be with people that you like doing that. That's like I sort of like I have a sense of like oh I, maybe I would have liked something like that. Yeah, I think it was like, I was always like a B student. And it was just largely like, and I, I you know, I, I think a lot of high schoolers, I think it's like, I remember at the time being like, we have to pick something to do with your life. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't even want to be in this class. Like, I don't know how I'm yeah. going to do that. You know, <laughs> like, I don't even want to be having this conversation with you. I don't know how I'm going to find that next thing. But um, yeah, it, it really, it, it really led me. I, I feel like it really helped me to be like, I don't particularly want to do anything, but I'm friends with people who do. So I'll just do their thing. Uh-huh. It was great. Did you, uh, so when you did go, do you, did you go to college? Yes. Yeah. I went to Notre Dame, which is in Indiana. So I mean, yeah, that's that not a school. Of, that doesn't seem like a just messing around kind of a college. Like, did you, by the time you were applying to colleges and stuff, did you have sort of a, a, a thing drawing you that way? Um, you know, I'll be honest. No, I, I made my parents apply. I want to say I applied for to 11 colleges or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea where I wanted to go. I had no idea, like, you know, I, I went to visit. I remember going to see Boston College. I went to go see Tulane. I went, those were nice because I, I went with my dad as sort of like a college tour. And so that was fun. Yeah. I really had no... I, I had no idea. It wasn't... And I wish always wish I was that person when I was younger. Like, oh, I want to, you know moved to New York and do whatever. Uh, I really had no idea. So I ended up going to Notre Dame because my dad went there. And um, it was, you know, familiar to me. I had been there a couple times as a kid. And um, yeah, I, uh, but I don't know. I, I, I was never that person where it's like, oh, here's my dream school. Like, this is my fantasy. You know? Yeah. When but, did um, you start, Did when did you start sort of angling towards kind of getting into comedy and writing and I know you said you did the drama club and the musical and stuff was was that stuff speaking to you um in a way that was like oh this is really fun but this is what you this is fun stuff it's not career stuff yeah and I don't know maybe I don't know how you felt um about this but yeah I definitely I really enjoyed that stuff but it was never like oh this is something I had no idea that it could become a career or how people made that a career yeah so actually when I graduated college I um, enrolled to get my master's in information and library science at Pratt, which is in New York. And so I actually went to New York to do that program. And that was because a lot, being a librarian is sort of like a family profession, like my aunt's a librarian, my cousin's a librarian. So it was kind of like, oh, I was aware of it. Yeah. And also I liked the idea of it. Like, oh, I like working with people and, and you know, I have to learn all these like information systems and like how to build a website. I'm like, those are all stuff that like independently I'm interested in, you know? Sure. And then I moved there and unfortunately I made the fatal mistake of taking an improv class at UCB and I'm like, oh fatal. no, 
oh no, oh, I want to no. do this. I want to be yeah. follow my creative spirit. So well, I and, did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still get that. I do get my degree and I'm still paying off my student loan. So I technically do have my master's. I've just never really used it to date. That's that's impressive. Library science. Yeah. I had a friend in high school who um, a, a dear friend who I think when I was maybe a freshman or a sophomore, she was a senior and she was like just biding her time getting ready to graduate so that she could go study library science and I she was so cool she was like very kind of got like goth slash mod and um just very chill and I and she and and I remember she loved Pittsburgh I can't remember why but she couldn't wait to move to Pittsburgh and um and become a librarian and she just was so it was such a it was it was like the level of ambition and confidence that you sort of imagine in a cliche world the mm-hmm. future doctor or lawyer has about moving to you know going going to Harvard and then moving to New York or whatever and there was something so charming still about thinking back to that like her level of certainty and her enthusiasm and ambition about that about becoming a librarian in Pittsburgh like absolutely. and she did and she was so ha- like it, it, the, I, there's something about that that I just absolutely especially somebody who kind of looks like Susie Sue like that like there's something very appealing about you know just a a, a, a goth a goth teenager who can't wait to become a librarian in Pittsburgh I mean that's so yeah. specific it's like Wes Anderson or something I don't know yeah I feel like I knew a lot of like pretty punk librarians and I think you know it was interesting it was like wanting trying hard to be a part of something that you just don't really have a passion for you know yeah and I think yeah. that's which is like just soul crushing but also like it is like a lot of like library librarian stuff when I was working on working on my master's was sort of like how to get people access to things like you know sort of like uh, breaking down these um hurdles for people sure. getting information sure so it is that's this very huge. like yeah, like this tech, like egalitarian thing yeah. that, like, but what we just funny because, like, that was happening while those, like, Facebook and all these startups were happening, where it was, like, all about, like, you know, sort of, like, all these owning people, owning information and, like, using it mm. in this, in this really nefarious way. So it's like, wow, those librarians are really on top of their game. Like, they were kind of ahead of the curve. Like, we no know kidding. that all this stuff is going to be proprietary, so we have to try to make sure that people actually have access to good information. Yeah. Um, so God bless all those librarians. If you're a librarian, well, let's do this. Thank you so much for doing for doing. Thank this you for work. your service. I'm saluting you, the librarian salute. I don't know what that is. Um, maybe it's like an open. It's like two hands shading <laughs> yourself, like you're holding an open book over love your forehead it. for I shade for sun. Yeah, for sun protection. Yeah. Um, and so, did you uh, when you when you took the improv class? Like, did you stay friends with people that you'd known? Um, when you were in high school, like, would did you have the conversation as your life was sort of evolving towards comedy, where people would say, like, you know what, I got to tell you, I'm not actually not that surprised. Um, yeah, definitely. I feel yeah. like people were very. It was almost like, and I still feel this way about my career now, where people were like very um, uh, enthusiastic and very supportive. But I'm also like, what I want from you is like, pra- you tell me practically what you think I should be doing. You know, mm-hmm. so I think people were like, this is great. You should do this. I'm like, okay, but like, how do people make money? You know, right, like, right. And so I think, yeah, I think a lot of people were like, oh, this makes a lot of sense, which is funny. And I guess maybe to me, it's like, I just don't have that practical, like, as a teenager, I didn't understand, like, how to practically you be, you do comedy or you become a writer. 
Sure. You know, and then like once I started doing it, I'm like, but how do people do this? And I guess the reality is like a lot of this, like you just have to do it. Like you just have to right. be meet those people and and do those crummy jobs and you know sort of make it work as you as you can um but do you feel that like how when you were a teenager compared to like where you are now like would you be surprised or were you are you were you sort of the same person then as you are now would you say I mean I think I people who listen to the podcast know this but I I took a, a a large break from anything kind of acting related when I moved to San Francisco but um but and so that's 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 maybe that's the impetus for me asking you is that like I'm I mean this is I might as well have a t-shirt that says this but you know there's there are there's a lot of like like reconnecting with people that I haven't connected with in a really long time or certainly there was when I moved to LA and um there was there was a sort of sense of like oh yep mm-hmm, we always <laughs> knew or whatever and and I felt somehow like that discounted this giant departure that my life took because I was you know kind of into doing plays and stuff but again it was like you know I wasn't I had friends who were taking outside acting classes and you know I had friends who were like on the you know smattering of tv shows that would come through mm-hmm. Tucson and stuff and that I never I never that I never thought that was me I never felt I don't know why I don't know if it was intimidated by it or if I just felt like I didn't have a right to I don't know but uh but yeah same I didn't I didn't I was very pragmatic about about some about stuff and I think I was also very like yeah, I think I, I think I just thought my life would be kind of small and and and, mm-hmm. and not in a bad way. But you know, I just kind of I knew I wasn't going to live in Tucson, but um, but I don't think I had you know ambitions that were based on anything that you know were were like solid and describable. Um, and I think when I moved to San Francisco, like l- falling in love with San Francisco and kind of always wanting to live there was about as far as any of that went. Is you know that mm-hmm. was my ambition was just get there. And right. and who and who cares like what you're doing? Just be. That's that's my ambition. San Francisco. That's it. Like it's just a big, just two words, one city. Don't nothing, nothing planned or understood beyond that. <laughs> Which is like, I guess that's a very San Francisco thing to do. But uh, but yeah. So I totally, I totally relate. Um, were you uh, were you a, a person who was like real into kind of pop culture stuff? Like, were you a big like? you know music fan or um oh or, yeah 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 i remember i was trying to think of um in i want to say the website was delisted or something there was um sort of like a pop culture let me see if it still exists but yes i i was very much i mean when i was young young it was uh the age of magazines and i remember like compulsively like needing to read every magazine and you know being obsessed with entertainment weekly and everything and then um you know eventually everything went online and um yeah delisted is the name of the website um nice. that was like a pop culture website um when i sort of remember the first one reading and be like oh my god this is great um and then um i was just thinking recently so when i moved to um new york and i was uh, working uh in uh working towards my degree um i also ended up applying to like be a part-time blogger for um this website owned by vh1 called um the fab life mm-hmm. and it was it's interesting I, the website i don't i believe it doesn't exist so like all of my work has been lost which is fine but it was <sighs> interesting it was like an era in which one it was like you could be mean on the internet and i really wasn't i mean i could be wrong if someone would have shown me they'd be like you said this horrible things about celebrities but we passed through and our 
on the other side of it, um, the idea of like just being viciously mean to celebrities on the internet, and that's funny. And yeah. it's interesting how organically we went through that. But like it was, I just remember like whenever like Lady Gaga first came out and just like talking about her weight, like all this stuff. Hmm. So I feel like that's when I first started writing online was during that era. But that was like also very, it was like Gawker, you know, like Vice or right. whatever. Kind of just yeah. being like nasty online. And then we passed through it. And obviously there's problems with like fan culture now, like online. Like the whole thing is like the internet was in many ways a mistake for people psychologically. Right. But um, I don't know. I feel like so much of my early like working life was like, how do I write something about Lady Gaga's outfit? You know, like how, and and, because that's how I was getting, you know, so eventually I was, I got an like an office assistant job. And so, okay, so I was working as an office assistant at Barnard College, wonderful college, go there if you're a a young lady looking to go to college in Manhattan. But I was also blogging and I was technically, if you will, blog, essentially doing the job, blogging job while I was at this other job. Right. And um, I remember my boss at my office assistant job calls me in and she had printed out all of like my posts <gasps> that I had written while I was working. Uh-oh. And all I could do is be like, well, you, you you got me, you know, like you're not wrong. I can't be mad, you know. Right. And, and did she but, know that because like she realized that you were always typing, but what could you possibly be typing because you didn't have that much typing to do? Or... Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because I was like, I remember talking to a woman who I worked with after the fact and I was like, wow, like that's, you know, whatever they found me out. She's like, you weren't exactly like hiding it. <laughs> like you right. worked in a cubicle and you were constantly like obviously blogging for a website. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 that that makes sense. But they, you know, they sat me down with like my my boss and then her boss and then her boss's boss. And they're like, okay, we have to quit this other job. And, you know, and I remember going home that night and like not sleeping and then coming the next day and be like, I'm going to quit this job. Right, right. And so I'm like, oh, this is the thing I don't want to do. Right. And now was there stuff that was going like very much undone or was it the kind of job and I say this as somebody I think who had the the latter of what I'm about to say like a job where quite honestly there wasn't that much to do so I mean I guess if you're a really 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 honest person um you would say to someone like I you haven't given me enough to do but I feel yes. like that's probably not what you're doing when you're 20 years old. Like, it's kind of unlikely. And you're probably going to go, hey, as long as I get done whatever they expect me to get done, then I'm going to blog the rest of the time. Or was it was it like, um, we need to talk to you. There is a, a like, look at that, pot, like gesturing to right. a pile of stuff that was just piling up or what? Well, you know, um, so I was working as so as an office in, in this um, in this office and part of my duties were like updating the website and it was the career development office you know so it was like maintaining their <laughs> website ironic you were developing oh, your career me. what do they want exactly that's what i said no yeah. so basically i had to like update the website um you know update like the uh website where they have like job listings that kind of stuff so like something was like you know maintaining things online and then answering yeah. emails like student emails that kind of stuff but then as the, I was there a couple of years and the longer I was there, like the more I was sort of being made to work as like the assistant to the, um, I don't even know what you call it, but like finance companies would come and do like um, interviews, you know? So mm. sort of I was doing more like the professional um, interviewing process that they set up through the office, which I am terrible at. So, uh-huh. and I would constantly like screw up dates and like all this different stuff. And I would constantly be yelled at. 
But I, my argument was always like, well, I wasn't hired to do this, and I don't know how to do this, and right. I don't have the right. skill set, and no one is explaining it to me. So I really think realistically, it was you know a blessing in disguise because I think I just was bad at that job, yeah. And because which is not the job I was hired for, and I would have failed at it regardless. That being said, was I also doing another job? Absolutely, I was. Right. So right. they weren't wrong. I, yeah, I think it was like, oh, you're sort of just this ambiguous, like, oh, it's, you're the office assistant. We can sort of make you do whatever you we want you to. Oh, yeah. But the thing they wanted me to do was something that I had absolutely no skill for. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so anywho, so I went in the next day and I quit. And um, yeah, and I was I was like basically able to take out enough hours blogging where like it wasn't full time and I had no money. But because I was young enough, I was like, well, what am I doing anyways? Yeah. And um, yeah. And then after that, I was sort of started freelancing. And that was sort of the beginning of being able to write and make enough to like live off of it. Um, That's a good story. I do. It really, it really uh, is impressive that it was the career development office that all of this was happening. And that's just gorgeous. That's very feels very poetic. You know, um, and, bless and there, yeah, there was definitely like, oh, questions people ask me where it's like man i don't know how you become a writer <laughs> it's like i wish i knew you know? <laughs> totally i wish i could help you i still do that i still do that i feel like i'm i'm such a bad advice giver about stuff because i don't <sighs> i mean that's it's like it's a it's i guess it's sort of it's it's sort of good and bad right is is i'm very much the person who did not have a five-year plan a 10-year plan a 20 like i've had didn't have a mm. one-year plan um i just so and so when when someone has a specific ambition um it's i have a hard time pinning down like a thing to say i will say that that improv has been so helpful in so many ways not the least of which is that is a thing i feel comfortable recommending almost all the time no matter what someone is interested in right i mean it really is like a great catch-all for um confidence building like all the stuff Mm -hmm. that you sort of roll your eyes at when you think about like the corporate version of improv but um but it's but it's true. I mean, it, it, that that those things are true, and they're very effective. And uh, and it never feels like I just it's. I don't think I've ever known anyone who truly like had a great teacher, um, even if they just took one class and said like, well, that was a waste of time. Right. Um, you know. So that that has been a, a good recommendation. But yeah, it's 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 really hard to, especially with more ephemeral stuff. I mean, it's hard like when you know there are there are a set of steps that make more sense to becoming a cpa there just are um and and yeah yeah and then if you and if you and if you're so close-minded in exactly what your path needs to be with something creative um or entertainment related whatever uh that's that's like also a huge risk to be so Mm -hmm. to, to be so you know because i feel like so much of what's happened for me has been because I didn't because I was open to whatever was sort of coming my way you know yeah and and I think especially like giving advice to younger people where it's like the stuff I did I don't know it like you know I had a tumblr that doesn't nobody uses that anymore or like right. you know now everyone has a podcast <laughs> I, I do too and it's sort of like <laughs> the, the advice that I would give someone who's younger it's like I don't know because the things that I did to get start just started I don't think people do them anymore or like not in the way that they were 10 years ago, you know? So I think that's another hard thing where it's like, there are probably a lot of great stuff you should be doing. I wish I knew what they were. Uh And I guess that that was the thing about doing improv is like meeting people who were all sort of like, not all young, but like all like young in the sense of like where they were at in their career. 
So it was was meeting people that were also like if somebody discovered something, they would tell you, you know, like, right, oh, I right. found this website or like someone told me to go here and it worked or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I think that's another reason that improv was great. And, and you know, and eventually I started doing stand up and I uh, was part of a sketch team for a while. And so much of that was having peer support and friends, you know. And then, Well, it goes then back having, to what you yeah. were saying about high schools. Like, I mean, I couldn't be exactly. less surprised that somebody who liked being around people and cooperating and like being in a team spirit, you know, that kind of environment, like improv is a golden place to land, you know. Yeah, and and I feel like over only in the last couple of years, like I have I really um, been able to like sit down. Like last year, I wrote my first feature, and so it's like, and a lot of that is like I just don't like being alone. I just don't like like yeah. sitting for hours and days and weeks Girl, by myself. I hear you. I you know? hear you. So, yeah, and it's only now in my my in my my golden years that I've been able to have that because I feel like when I was in like my early 20s, like, I could not sit down to write anything to save my life. And a lot of that was just, I just want to be out. And, like, I just yeah. want to be around people. I don't want to, like, be sitting in my sad room with, like, my one light bulb right. working on my opus. And I wish I, I, you know, I wish I had been that person when I was younger because, like, I feel like, oh, I'd have, I'd feel like I would more further along my ability to write a movie, for example. But, yeah, I, I just a very inter- extroverted person. And I guess, yeah, I think God that the quarantine had it happened now versus when I was 24, 25. I feel yeah. so bad for those kids. Like, I know. I, yeah, it's like those years where you're like, my only thing is going out and hanging with my friend. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey, friends, Jesse here, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have some really great news to share with you. This year has brought a lot of changes for all of us. And one tradition that we were grateful to be able to hold on to is our annual pin sale to benefit charity. This year, through your generosity and love of pins, you helped raise $95,400 for Give Directly. If you're a member and you bought pins, they'll ship in January. In the meantime, your support will provide direct cash relief to families impacted by COVID-19 across the United States. Even in this incredibly tough year, the Max Fund community remains extraordinarily kind. And whether or not you bought pins, you can continue to help by heading to givedirectly.org. And as always, thank you. I play a, a game of mash at the end of Ooh, every okay. episode. Um, but I will provide the categories. You are familiar with mash or no? Um, yes, it is. Okay. Um, Mansion, the, apartment, uh, shack, house. Absolutely. Yes. There yeah, we go. Great. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's do some categories uh, that I hope you will find enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. Let us start with three groups of people. I guess I kind of want to lean into the idea of it being a TV group, like a TV family or a TV um TV family, not in the in the necessarily the blood related sense, but like Cheers or like Friends, it could Ooh, also okay. be. But like three groups that you, as a people person who loves being around people, um, will you will be able to sort of like hang out with those groups as you in, in, feel them in your heart uh, from three TV shows. Doesn't matter what era, current day, old timey, whatever you want. Okay, the first one that comes to mind is of course Friends. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, people could say what they will, but realistically, I hang out with them. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I would say Veronica Mars because I was recently rewatching that. Nice. And while I do feel like it would probably end in my murder, I do like all those characters, so I would hang out with them. Nice. Um, and then I'm going to say, oh boy. Oh, Superstore. The cast of Superstore, which I've been watching right now, and it's really funny. Nice. Uh, shout out to my friend Colton. Um, okay, great. Oh, he's great. Uh, he's, oh God, he's so good. He's such, he's one of my favorite, all-time favorite improvisers. I do a podcast called Voyage to the Stars with him, and... Um, I just like his the dynamics uh, that he brings to improv are so fucking superb. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, okay, next category. I don't know why I made that about me. I apologize. Superstore's great. Uh, okay, Love it. next category. Uh, let's do three places in the world, whether you've been there or not, that it would be fun to have a second home. Um, and we'll pretend Ooh. like I can just you know teleport you there, and COVID's not a thing. Oh, okay. Um, oh boy. I'm going to say, let's see. Oh, um, well, I want to, uh, the Lakes region of uh, England, which I've never been, but Taylor Swift had a song about them this year, and it made me look it up and fantasize about going there one day. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, Ohio, like Lake Erie, I, uh, a nice lake cabin. That would Wonderful. be nice. And then I'm going to say Palm Springs. I just went there. Well, not just, but I have been there one time and it was really lovely. Perfect. Okay. Uh, next category, this is MASH. So we have to have some romantic interests. All due respect to Dave. Um, He'll understand. He'll understand. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So any character, any era, and you know, actor, character from a movie, from a book, from a cartoon. I mean, the sky's the limit. Whatever you want. Oh, boy. Um, well, I'm going to say one of my first celebrity crushes was um, Joaquin Phoenix in the movie Signs. Oh, great. Um, where he does have to hit a alien, or he tries to hit an alien with a baseball bat. Yeah. Yep. Um, gosh. Yeah, because his dying mother told him to, if memory serves. Yes, to swing away. Great. Yes. Great, 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 great. I'm going to revisit that, because I feel like that's going to be a movie where the further out from it, the even less sense it's going to make. <laughs> um, let's yeah. see. Yeah. Um, boy, I'm gonna say, um, oh boy, I'm gonna say, uh, your friend Colton from Superstore because I love him and I'm excited for him to. I'm assuming they're gonna get him back with Dina at some point this season. Mm-hmm. I hope. Um, and gosh, who else? What other celebrity? Um, Oh, and then I'm going to say Jesse Plemons, because I just watched uh, Date Night, and he's oh, great for that movie. Jesse Plemons, wonderful. Um, did you ever watch Friday Night Lights? No, I never did. I know him from, like, everything else, but I, I never watched that. Yeah, I did not watch it when it was on, I, and I watched, I think I watched, I don't know that I made it through the whole thing, not because I didn't like it. I think it was a situation where, like, maybe at the time you could only watch the first, like, two seasons mm-hmm. or something, but... Um, I just speaking of, you know, like the sort of quintessential college football experience. Um, uh, okay. Next category. Let's do three. 
I, it's always fun when someone has, uh, and we I certainly will talk about your podcast uh, at, at the end. In fact, while I am calculating your MASH results, I want you to tell everybody about it and where they can find it and other things you've got going on if you've got stuff you want people to know about. That being said, without having tipped our hand too much uh, leading up to this point, three horror movies Ooh. that you have to exist inside of for some period of oh time. Oh, my God. Um, okay. But somehow, whatever the like villain or you know paranormal, whatever that is, um, you have like mirror. You can mirror its abilities, so you'll be safe. Oh, okay. And in fact, you may end up saving everyone. Um, okay. So it's I like, like a double thing. Like you're going in and you have I to deal this. with it, but you also are like like Rogue and X Men. You can like absorb their powers and then use them against them if you want to. Three. Okay, great. I love this. Uh, I'm going to go with, first of all, Candyman, because uh, Tony Todd is a legend. And and it would be nice to just sort of, uh, we actually, we did an episode of Rewind about Candyman, and uh, my co-host Allison suggests it would be nice, basically you'd be able to just appear in a mirror anywhere in the world. So it's like, if you want to go to Paris, you just appear in a bathroom mirror there, you step out, you're in Paris. So that so would be afraid you were going to say you want bees to be able to come out of your mouth. I have always thought, if my mouth was full of bees, how happy would I be? <laughs> yeah, that would also be nice. If Not that I want bees in my mouth, but if I had to have them there, they wouldn't hurt. I like Good that. point. Good point. That's a very good point. Okay, Boy, great. So Candyman's the first one. And I guess I would say Freddy Krueger, even though he is Hell gross. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like well, you don't have to look like him. You you. don't have to look like him, and you don't have to make (laughs) raunchy sex puns either. Oh my god! Yeah, he's uh, yeah. (sighs) We just rewatched the first one. What a diva from the from from the jump. He's just so sassy. Yeah, um, I yeah. have us. I mean, the third one was third one Dream Warriors. Yeah, because that that truly is like like a like a weirdly important movie for me. Like it feels (laughs) weirdly important. This idea that you know. That, that you're the demons in your dreams if you can sort mm. of make yourself into a superhero on some level that you can you could be you would be able to fight those I mean granted everyone died except for one person but anyway um okay <laughs> but, yeah but uh, other than you that, get it you get it then, okay Freddy Krueger great boy and then I'm trying to think of hmm um I guess the Babadook um, oh sure because I, I just like I do like his look again I don't have to dress like him but um, yeah, if 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 I leave a book somewhere and somebody reads it, and then I'm just allowed to come into their house whenever yeah. I want, that sounds that's fun. great. <laughs> it's great. I love how much I love how much it's been interpreted into like being able to travel and being able to like snoop on other people's houses. That is both of those <laughs> things are key to me as well. So I strongly approve. Uh, okay, next category: uh, three foods. It could be as specific or as general as you want. Um, that in this alternate universe we're creating, um, they there are zero ramifications. So it's not too sugary. It's not something you're Ooh, allergic okay. to. It's not something that's bad for the environment, etc. Um, and you can have it in perpetuity at the snap of your fingers. Three. Um, I'm going to say scallion pancakes because um, right. I just figured out we've been eating vegan and those are vegan, and I just figured out that out, and so I've made them twice, and they're so good, but they're saturated mm. with oil. So you can only make them so much, but they're so good and easy to make at home. Um, Love it. Boy, um, uh, a catfish sandwich, specifically from the restaurant in LA, All Day Baby, because it's a perfect sandwich. And then, boy, um, trying to think. Um, I'm gonna say, um, like a gnocchi. Oh, great. 
great, great. She's a savory, everybody. Well, yes, all the way. Yeah, me too, I think. But God, that never was never true when I was younger. Um, Same here. Did that yeah, happen? Were old... you a sweet tooth and then you sort of Absolutely. slowly transformed? Yeah, right? Yeah, now I love, uh, my main thing is like getting different kinds of vinegar, I, which I never liked as a kid. Um, yeah, same. And I'm a savory snack. Uh, all I eat is like nuts now yeah. instead of like wanting sugar. I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess it's just getting older and our bodies being like, please stop. <laughs> Stop doing it's a, this. It's a call for help, a desperate call for help. Um, agreed. Okay, uh, next category. Let's do three pop culture icons um, from any era that you get to like um, spend a day with. Okay. Well, obviously, the first one is Dolly Parton. Who I love that you said it was obvious, as if we've had a conversation about her up to this point. Well, she's but at the same time, oh, yes, couldn't agree more. We might as well have. Every I couldn't agree more on some level about Dolly Parton, and I don't <laughs> yeah. know when this comes out, but uh, we we all just collectively find out that she helped fund one of the COVID vaccine research, the oh Moderna vaccine. Did we need a reason to love her more? No. Exactly. Did she give us one? Yes, she did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely gonna say Dolly. Um, boy, other than that, Meryl Streep. I love to meet her. Love to yeah. pick her brain. Yeah. And then pop culture. I guess RuPaul. No, RuPaul, they're kind of the whole fracking thing. Um, I'm going to say uh, Trixie Mattel, who is also right. a drag race competitor. Yes, indeed. Trixie Mattel. Uh, fabulous name. Goes without saying. Um, <laughs> okay. Next category, let's do three <laughs> i'm really leaning into the 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 ruined uh theme great three three things in life that aren't a horror movie but that you could could sort of turn into a horror movie um i would say right now we have fruit flies and we're trying to figure out i think it's mm-hmm. the drain like we have to figure out how to clean inside the drain mm-hmm, but i feel mm-hmm. like constant having fruit flies I think someone could that could drive someone. Oh yeah! Insane. Oh, hundred percent. That's a great start. Yes. Um. So definitely that. Um. For for a hot second, our toilet was having problems. Mm-hmm. So I would say, um, a constantly breaking toilet. I could see how that could really spiral out of control. Yeah. I mean, more of a psychological horror, but definitely you could see yeah. how someone could get there. Oh, you just reminded me of something that I've been in denial about since you distracted me out of Ooh. it, which is that I think something has died under our deck. I'm so sorry. Each I came out this morning like, and I was yeah. like, uh oh, because it's happened. I've lived here a long time and it's happened a couple of other times. So I feel like it's kind of like you know. there's, no, there's no way that I'm wrong. Um, and yeah, it's a feeling of like, oh, what is it going to be? Like one yeah. time it was a one time it was a crow. One time it oh. was a possum. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> How is this? Like, how that crow even know to go down there? I before? don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to say something dying under your deck because I, like, <laughs> I remember in my childhood home, there was like a crawl space between like the house yeah. and the garage and mice would die there. And my poor father yeah. would have to crawl into this crawl space and try to get them out. Yeah, um, but I, I'm not I know sure. Yeah. Well. yeah, it's role specific. Um, okay. Uh, thank you for taking that accidental suggestion on my part because I agree. Oh, it's, it, it's super creepy. Um, okay. And then final category. For thee, uh, ooh, what do I want to do for you? Let's do three um, writers of any kind uh, that it would be, um, living or dead, that it would be fun to collaborate on something with. Oh, boy. Well, um, let's see. 
I would say um, always a Stephen King. I feel like that was my first intro to horror, as it was for many people um, in the 90s growing up. And I I definitely get me in there. And I feel like we'd come up with something great. Yeah. Um, I guess um, Ari Aster, who wrote um, Hereditary and Midsummer, because I think he's great. I couldn't finish Midsummer. It was so disturbing. You know, I thought Hereditary was so... Oh, I also haven't seen that at all. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's like, you can't handle it, Janet. You're too fragile. Yeah, if you... uh, Janet, you're not fragile. Perhaps you just want to maintain your, you know, your pleasant experience of life and not Uh have to watch the worst thing you've ever seen. Oh, yeah, I would say if you can't get through Midsummer, don't even... Okay, Why torture yourself? All right, good. I've made the right choice. Good. Yeah, I'm trying to think... Um, I was just reading, um, this book, North American Lake Monsters, which is like a book oh. of short stories. And the other name is Nathan, um, Ballengrund, so I would like to write something with him. I am going to attempt to spell his name the way it sounds and just say B-A-L-L-A-N-G-R-A-N-D. Um, I think it's close. Oh, okay. there's no N, sorry. Ballengrud? Grud? Ballengrud. You know, hey, everyone Google him. It's it's a good book so far. Great, 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 great. Um, so there are that many North American lake monsters that there's can be a book of multi chapters talking about different ones. Well, it, I think it's more. It's a book of um, scary short stories. Ah, so I, think it's I see. Sort of, I see. I see. So it's more of a loose like um, Americana. So like they yes. all take place in modern America. So they're not all lake monsters, but they're Got all it. sort of like entities of some sort. Yeah. Got it. Okay, I took that super literally. Um, oh no, okay. that makes sense. Uh, okay, so um, uh, I'm just going to do my little like squiggle thing that, you know, if you play MASH, it's the, it's the way by which we uh, arrive at the number that we'll use mm-hmm. to eliminate things. So um, just tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. Okay. I am going to do the tabulation. Great. Um, would you please tell everyone about Ruined and anything else, uh, including like, you know, how to follow you and all that kind of good stuff while I uh, do these results? Absolutely. Thank you. So um, I host a podcast called Ruined with my co-host, Allison Livey, who's also a very funny comedian and writer. The premise of it is essentially um, I love horror movies. Allison hates them and cannot watch them. Uh, she's watched three horror movies over her entire life. Uh, and one of them was Get Out, which I, I think is more of a thriller. So I think she was able to get through that okay. But basically every episode, um, I watch a new horror movie. And then I tell it to Allison in great graphic detail. Okay. And um, she sort of gets to ask questions and react in real time to the to the telling of the horror movie. And I really want to, I'm telling it to scare her. And at the end, she gets to rate how scared she was, she thinks it was based solely on my telling of the movie. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's a lot of comedy. So if you're expecting to get super spooked, only if you're someone who cannot watch horror movies at all will you be spooked. The rest yeah. of you, it's a good time. Um, and you could uh, follow us at Ruin Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at Hallie Kiefer on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, and we, we've also... We're, we're trying to come up with different ways to sort of like expand. Well, what else can we give the people? So um, we're we're sort of we're gonna roll out some um, some videos of us discussing things from the news that perhaps feel like they're from a horror movie. Oh, sure, good so, idea, good yeah, idea. So, and we obviously love to. If you have a movie you'd like us to do, please at me or at the at the podcast. We would love to do them. We have a whole list, 
And I plan on doing this until I die, which hopefully is a long time from now. But, you know, even if it's not, we're going to keep going. So, but yeah, so please give us a listen. Great. Yeah, guys, please do. Uh, I have some results that I I feel you'll be pleased by. I mean, I think I I like like what I'm seeing here. Um, I'm very excited. Let's see. Where do we want to start? First of all, I want to congratulate you on your mansion somewhere Ooh. in uh, near Lake Erie. Love it. Kind Great. of wonderful. Uh, feels right since we were just talking about um, taking literal lake monsters as being that only <laughs> thing that book could be about. Uh, uh, I also want to just acknowledge, I got to tear this Band-Aid off for myself right away, which is that um, I you have granted me the horror movie of the thing that died under my deck. Great. So I think that, and that's exciting for you because now I hope in your head, you're like, well, what what could it be? Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and, and while I'm actually experiencing it, I'm, I I wouldn't mind if, if you and your uh, frequent collaborator, Stephen King uh, came up with something fabulous in the fiction world um, to also scare the shit out of me. Uh, So congratulations on that. Thank you. I also want to say, you know, not bad company, Stephen King. Also, your experience with Meryl Streep, not bad at all. Not dear friend, my all. dear friend Meryl. That's right, you and Meryl. Oh, <laughs> you go back. Uh, you also have uh, unlimited scallion pancakes yes! in your world with Hooray! zero oil-related or other oh. ramifications. The dream. Um, That's the one I'm most excited about. Like, I'm, I'm so like, glad. Yeah, you, that was number scrapped. one big time for you. And you got it. You got it. Uh, you are experiencing all of this uh, in this alternate universe with none other than the charming and very talented Jesse Plemons. Wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful. And oh um, yeah, sorry. I realized just remember she he's married to um, Kirsten Dunst. Sorry, Kirsten. It's okay. In this alternate universe, none of none of those things are a set situation great uh and then uh finally and very importantly to me and i thank you and i i i want to see this happen you do have the ability to go into the nightmare on elm street movies and Ooh. battle freddy uh Good. on, on your terms out. yeah that guy is gonna really regret all that stuff he did that's right that's right <laughs> finally and those jokes those tacky tacky jokes i mean, my jokes are gonna be even campier do it do it um and that's it that is your 100 guaranteed mash game hallie thank you wow. so much you this so has much. been this such a, a treat yeah, what a beautiful for distraction me. for me yeah uh and i will have your co-host on at some point as well so that'll Wonderful. be fun um uh, perhaps well, i'll throw you. some of the same questions at her and we'll see how she how she comes out of it now that she um feels that she knows more about horror movies than she ever wanted to um we'll see if we can apply that to her uh uh cool everybody uh follow and and listen and support and all that good stuff and i will talk to you next time on the podcast the show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.